0: morning, good morning. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day yes, that the Lord has made. Our Lord, for he has
1: made me glad.
2: He has made me glad. He
3: to the West Irwin Church of Christ. so good to see you all this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us, thank you for choosing to spend your Sunday morning here with us at West Irwin. Um, I apologize, I don't have much of a voice left, but I will do my best. Uh, attendance cards. On the pew in front of you, there is this little white card, and I want for you to look closely at it because there's something special today there is a little line that says family table reservation and that applies to us this morning because Wednesday we are gonna have what's called the family table it is a meal that's gonna be served before class over at the Family Life Center it is breakfast it's gonna be delicious and so I hope that you'll come but we do need a head count for that and so please as you're filling out your attendance card you can also do this through the app um, go in there and mark the number of adults number of children So on and so forth. Uh, That is Wednesday at 5.30 before class begins. Also, the next day, Thursday, October 12th, uh, there's going to be a Young at Heart potluck at the Family Life Center. That's uh, Young at Heart at 6 p.m. in the Family Life Center this Thursday, October 12th. Then next weekend, we've we've got a lot going on. Next weekend, we have our Living with Loss workshop coming up. Uh, We've been talking about this for a little bit. And this is going to be great. It seriously is going to be great. And we want to re-emphasize that this isn't this isn't grief sharing at all, uh, as much as just how to live and thrive in our current situation in life, no matter what season we find ourselves in. And so, invite everybody that you know. Invite your neighbors. Invite your family, friends, coworkers, whoever. If you think that this could be something good for them, and Even if you don't think that it could be, chances are it's going to be something good for him, And I I think that it will be something good for you as well. So that's next weekend. There's going to be a Saturday session. Uh, You'll arrive around 8.30. Session begins at 9. There's going to be a light breakfast and lunch included. And then uh, the next day, Dean Miller, the the man who's running this workshop, is going to teach class. We'll have a combined uh, adult class uh, through youth all in here. And then he will preach uh, then Sunday. Go grab lunch, come back, there's going to be another session at 1.30, so really, really hope that you'll join us for this. Um, as Eric got started last Sunday, uh, it is officially Trunk or Treat time. If you'll remember last year, Trunk or Treat was awesome. It was a great event for our church and the community around us, and we're doing it again. So this is the part where I emphasize our need for trunks and candy. Um, I won't pull an Eric and say that we need all the candy, however he said. I don't think that I could say it like that. Um, but uh, please go sign up for a trunk. There's a, a paper on the table back there. There's also, is it a purple basket or blue basket? Purple basket, uh, which is where you'll stick your candy. Um, and I, I'm, even though I'm not going to say all the candy, even though I guess I just did, I, I'm talking lots of candy, like 30 to 34 bags of candy per person. Because if we, if we end up running out of candy, um, it's going to be a really, really, really big uh, boomer sooner. Uh, I'm sorry, I mean a bummer sandwich. Um, and so I, I really, really hope that you will bring candy and come join us for this event. Um, it's going to be a blessing for our church and the, uh, the community around us. Uh, it was dangerous giving me announcements this morning. This evening we are having a Reflections class. Uh, as usual, Bill is going to do the Reflections class, so I hope that you'll come join for that. And I will leave us with Psalm 23. It reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
2: Good morning. Um, I would uh, ask that you have your bulletin. And there's a prayer and care list on the back of the bulletin uh, that you uh, take a look at that. And also in our uh, app, we have a section there for prayer that gets updated on a regular basis. Uh, That's a good way to keep up with uh, the prayer requests that we have coming in. Uh, Don't really have any new updates other than what's in your bulletin. So if you would look through your bulletin and on the app and continue to pray for these Uh, People that are on our list uh, every day, Uh, prayer really does matter, and it really does work. And uh, I'm sure a lot of us have seen that in our own lives. So continue to pray for these people, if you would. Uh, Would you please pray with me? Dear, glorious, and wonderful Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for this cooler weather that you've brought us. We thank you for continuing to watch over us and to uh, always blessing us, Lord. We thank you for the grace that you show us, even though we're not worthy of that grace, Lord. We ask at this time that you be with those that are that are sick and dealing with illness. We ask that you be with uh, Galen Siegler uh, as he goes through his cancer treatments, Lord. We know that's not an easy process and we ask that you please just be with him and comfort him and strengthen him Mm -hmm. through this time Uh, Lord there's there's others that we know that are dealing with cancer also Uh, please be with those people and be with the doctors and be with all the people that are treating them and uh, also be with their families because it's a it's a struggle for everybody Lord And we ask that you just continue to to watch over them and bless them uh, Lord, we're thankful. Uh, Camille Mink's surgery went well, and we ask that you be with her as she recovers from that, Lord, and just uh, continue to bless her. Lord, we also want to pray for all those that are not on our list. Lord, we know that there's people out there that are struggling with health issues, uh, they're struggling with relationship issues, they're they're just struggling with the with the evil that we have in this world, Lord, and we ask that you always bless them and give them strength and help them fight through whatever issue that they're dealing with. Lord, we also want to pray for, for our country and we want to pray for our leaders. We know there's a lot of areas that are in chaos right now, Lord, and and we know that all that can be turned around through you. Lord, you can do anything. And we can do all things through you. And Lord, I ask that you strengthen us in our faith, that we can, we can show the world uh, your grace and your love. And Lord, we know that uh, through that and through you, we can turn this chaos into something special. And Lord, we ask that you just continue to be with our leaders and that you touch their hearts and their minds in the decisions that they're making Lord, we also ask that you continue to bless this church, Lord. We, we ask that you guide us and that we listen to your guidance and that we continue to be strong and grow in our faith. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Stan, as we've seen this song, it's one of my favorites right now in... I like it. <laughs> Who has healthy the oceans in his
1: hands?
4: 22 19 and he took the bread gave thanks and broke it this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me let us pray please thank you God so much for this day thank you so much for the opportunity to observe the Lord's Supper just be with us now as we take this bread the symbol of your body that you gave for us to give us eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Boundless grace, because of Calvary, (laughs) is like the Is
4: Continuing in verse 20, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Would you pray with me? Again, dear God, we're just so thankful for this time, this time of observance of our Lord's Supper. As we take this cup and we drink this symbol of your blood that you shed for us on the old rugged cross. We're so very thankful. Just lift us up and love us and take care of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is our opportunity now to to give back, to give back to our God. Take this time to look into your heart and to give the money that our Lord deserves. We have been given so much. Please pray with me. Dear God, once again, We take this opportunity to to give back, to give back all the things that you have done and to give unto us. Take this opportunity as we take it to give back money, money that we can use in the benefit to make our world a better place. To give back to you, to our Lord, to our Jesus, for all the many, many things that he has done for us. We lift all this up to you, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
5: Let's go ahead and sing, Jesus Loves Me, and get our kids up for kids' time today. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I want to ask you all a question. What is one of your favorite places to go? Where do you like to go? On the bus. On the bus. Okay, that's fun. You like to go to a store? Okay, that's somebody's wife in training right there. Uh, where where else do you like to go? You like to go to the beach. too. I'm with you. Where? Like to to the pool. Ooh, that's good. Mexico. To where? Mexico. To Mexico. Mexico. Ooh, that does sound fun also. <laughs> what else? To Paris. This is a well-traveled group. I like this. Very good. <laughs> to San Antonio, our hometown. Miss Joyce is in my hometown. We like to go there too. Where else? Anywhere else? Okay, now what happens... If your mommy or daddy or grandparents told you, we're going there tomorrow, would you like that? Would that make you happy? Yeah, that would be. Now, what if they said, we're going to go there tomorrow if you're good today? You would still be good? You could be good? Okay, to go on one of those trips, you could be good or to go to the store or wherever. Well, you know, Jesus wants us to go to heaven and to be with him forever. And sometimes we realize, well, you know, I haven't been that good sometimes. But you know, Jesus loves us so much that that's why he came and lived and gave his life, so that we could go and be with him always. Now, does that make you happy or sad? Happy. Okay, stand up for a minute. We'll sing that song about if you're happy and you know it. Are you ready? You can stand up if you want or sit if you don't want. It's hard to stop when you're sitting, but... This is a very talented group, so that's okay. You ready? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will really show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet, stomp, stomp. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet, stomp, stomp. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will really show it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, give me a grin. If you're happy and you know it, give me a grin. <hair> if you're happy and you know it, then your face will really show it. If you're happy and you know it, give me a grin. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. Amen. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. Amen. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will really show it. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. Amen. If you're happy and you know it, do all four. Stomp, stomp, e
2: amen.
5: If you're happy and you know it, do all four. Amen. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will readily show it. If you're happy and you know it, do all four. (laughs) Amen. Well, I know you are very, very happy, and that makes me happy, too. And let's sing that song about how Jesus loves me while you go to blast or back to your pew. You ready? Okay. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible
0: tells me so. As you get ready for Bill's sermon, let's sing When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more.
5: Of the great things about the worship assembly is that it is a dynamic experience, which means there are no two that are just alike. And I think that's great. It's one of the things that makes it so special about being here. And I love and appreciate my young brother, Logan Stone, so much. I tell you, he handled everything perfectly today. You don't know this about him, but he's a drummer. And of course, drummers handle things perfectly. But more than that, Logan is the band president this year. Is that right? He's president of the band. So uh, he's able to think on his feet quite well. And I couldn't be more proud of this uh, young man. Uh, We're continuing a series of sermons on uh, the subject of habits of effective living. And today we come to this one, live with the end in mind. We all want to say, to be able to say this at the end of our lives. To be able to say what, Bill? Well, to be able to say what Paul says at the end of his life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. We all want to be able to say this at the end of our lives. And when Paul says this and when Paul writes this, he is saying this and he is writing this towards the end of his life. His life didn't have much longer. As he writes these words, at at least as far as we can tell from what history tells us, he is in uh, uh, Rome awaiting his fate for a second time, the first time he was released, this time... He will not be released. This time he will be beheaded for the cause of Christ. And as he looks back over his life, he makes these statements. Could we do that? Will we be able to do that? What's it going to take for us to be able to say these same things? And to honestly believe them. To be able to say that we have fought the good fight, that we have run the race, that we have kept the faith. Stephen Covey, one of his seven habits of effective living, which is a resource that you see on your handout, uh, lists as one of those begin with the end in mind. And that's really more geared for specific short-term or maybe even long-term goals that we might have in this life as we live our lives. I always think of that one in particular, begin with the end in mind at the end of each year when I start thinking about the new year, beginning that new year with the end in mind. For our students, you might apply this to a school year. Beginning that school year with what you want it to look like and your life to look like at the end of that term. And as we think of our own short-term goals and the things that we have on our hearts to do and accomplish in the next days or weeks or months. We ask ourselves that question. If I begin with the end in mind and I'm thinking about the end, what's it going to look like today? What do I need to be doing today so that I can be there at that end? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that from a, a little bit different perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, and w- as we go through our lives, there are different things that come up, different relationships that happen, different milestones that happened that, uh, th- that we began at some point or another. We have several of our members who are having birthdays today or in the next few days or in the last few days. And that's always a fun and exciting thing. Anniversaries are the same. Um, the Ingrams today is their 58th anniversary. Begin with the end in mind. I'm not sure if you guys were thinking about 58 years later when, <laughs> when you said your I do's that long ago. Um, What a great, great blessing that is. And and examples like that are to us. Because we know that there's no way, as you begin that, that you can see everything that you're going to go through. But you begin with that end in mind, with looking at a lifetime together. And what does that look like now every day? We think of our workshop coming up this weekend, starting on Saturday morning living with loss. And I think almost everyone that's lived for very long at all has experienced loss of one form or another. Maybe some of us have not lost a loved one, but all of us will at one point or another. And this workshop is designed to help us begin with the end in mind, to help us look ahead to that time at the end of our lives and be able to Talk about that and think about that and, and ask ourselves, what's it going to be like when I am in that situation if I'm not there right now? For the majority of us, I think we've all experienced that kind of loss and how do you, how do you live with that? I think being able to talk through that and, and hear a person that has experienced that himself and is also uh, well studied in this area, and this subject, is going to be something that's going to be a, a great advantage And a great blessing. I hope we'll have a a lot of us that will participate and be helped by that. Begin with the end in mind. Today you notice that's not the title of this lesson. The sermon today is live with the end in mind. Because as we think about this whole thought, we ask ourselves the end that we're looking at is what Paul talked about in those verses The end that we're speaking about today is what can be said at the end of my life? Not just what will others say, but what will God say? What can I think of as I see that time approaching very near? Can I say what Paul says in these verses? Live with the end in mind. For it to be said at the end of our lives, it has to be true as we live our lives. That's the whole thing, right? If I'm going to be able to say this with Paul at the end of my life like he does at the end of his, I've got to be living that way right now. I've got to be living that way all along because that's what he did. When he heard the message of Christ, when he saw Jesus face to face, On that road to Damascus when he heard Ananias share the gospel and share the response of faith with him. He was baptized right then. After he had been praying and fasting for three days. Certainly penitent, certainly a believer was baptized into Christ to wash away his sins. As he records in Acts 22 verse 16. And now he is at the end of that life. The physical life and the life in Christ in this world. And he's able to say these things. Why? Because it's how he lived. For him to be able to say what he said and write what he wrote. It had to be something that he was aware of all along the way. And that's exactly what he says in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we talked about that passage of Scripture a while back. And in that passage of Scripture, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We spoke about this recently in our short series on Philippians. I press on. That's how he lived. And that's why he could say what he says in 2 Timothy 4 at the end of his life. Because throughout his life, he was focused on that ending. He was focused on that time, on that crown that he would receive at Jesus appearing. And you see, 2 Timothy 4 is written just not long before he is killed. But Philippians 3, he writes, while he still had very much life to live. And that's the difference. Philippians 3 is what makes 2 Timothy 4 possible. For us to be able to say that at the end of our lives, we need to be saying what he said in Philippians 3 every single day. I press on. I've given up those things in the past. Some of them good, some of them bad, but I've given them all up because I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to be a part of that. I want to be ready. For it to be said at the end of our lives, it has to be true as we live our lives. And really, isn't this the purpose of all the New Testament passages that speak about heaven? Isn't that why the Bible talks about that eternal home to affect how we live right now today? And I think that's the case. Yes, it's to give us hope and encouragement along the way. Especially if we're suffering, such as the words at the end of Revelation. To Christians who were suffering deep persecution. And it was going to get worse. And it was going to be bad for decades. And so yes, I get that. But it's also called to remind us that's the end. That's the end that I have in mind today. So how do I live? How do I live? Jesus told a few parables in Matthew 25 about that final judgment scene. And about what it might look like. And his call was to be ready. His call was to be living faithfully every day. Those maidens who didn't have enough oil for their lamps. They didn't get to join in. They weren't ready. That one man who dug a hole and hid his bag of gold, his talent, a measure of money. And didn't use it for the Lord while he could. He wasn't ready. and He was left out. He couldn't say these words. And that parable at the end of Matthew 25 about the sheep and the goats and how they lived their lives. I hope that you'll read Eric's fine, fine article in the bulletin today because he calls us to be focused on people. To focus ourselves on people. And that is exactly Jesus' messages in Matthew 25. Especially that last one. To be focused on people and how we can help and and see them through the difficulties that they're going through. That's how we should live today with the end in mind that one day we will stand before God and either be sheep or goats. Either be rewarded or be condemned. When Jesus talks to his disciples in John 14, it's not long before he himself would give his life. And he tells them, I'm going to prepare a place for you That mansion. If I'm going to prepare a place for you. I promise you I will come back again. Why is he telling them that? Because he's about to leave them. And it's going to get rough. And that's the rest of that passage. In that upper room. As Jesus was talking to them in John 13 through 16. And then his prayer in John 17. Warning them about what was to come. And how hard it would be. But giving them that, that end in mind. That they could keep. And would help them get through. When Paul writes to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. They're worried that their loved ones that have already died will, will miss the resurrection. And, and Paul says, no, 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 no. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive will, will rise up with them. We'll meet the Lord in the air and we'll be with the Lord forever. So encourage one another with these words. And that's why he's telling them this. And then chapter 5 comes in and says, now to those that aren't ready. It's going to come like a thief. You're not going to be ready for it. It's going to surprise you. And that day will come. Peter says the same thing in 2 Peter 3. Warning them. Reminding us that the reason the Lord hasn't come. I mean if you watch the news. If you go online or however you get that. On social media you're thinking Jesus why don't you come now. And believe me I I think that's a really good question. (laughs) But 2 Peter 3 gives us the answer. He hasn't come yet and he doesn't come right now because of his mercy And His grace, because there are people that still need to respond. There are people that aren't ready. But then those ominous words in 2 Peter 3 say, But the day of the Lord will come. It will come. It will come. And so we live each day today with that end in mind. That's why it's there. It's there to tell us how we should be living now. So that when that day does come, we will be one of those that will join with the others in the air and be with the Lord forever. Jesus has given his life so that in spite of our sin, we can still be a part of that grand reunion. Live with the end in mind. So let's take what Paul says here in 2 Timothy 4 and just talk about them for a minute. First of all, today we must fight the good fight. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. Okay, well... Today, we need to be able to say, I am, fight, I, I am fighting the good fight. Today, we must fight the good fight. Listen to these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is one of the metaphors he uses in this passage. passage because he talks about the metaphor of fighting. 1 Corinthians 9 says, Do you not know that in a race all, all the runners run, but only one? I'm sorry, that's not the right one. Uh, let's see, let's go to 1 We must fight the good fight. Okay, it is the right one. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners won, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. We'll come back to that metaphor in a moment. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. Live with the end in mind. Verse 26, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the discipline of the fighter, the training. And as I thought about what that would look like, I couldn't help but go back to Rocky. (laughs) And those those times that show his intensive training and the discipline he had. Burgess Meredith's character, his his trainer, on him all the time. You know, you, you look at these pictures and you can almost hear the eye of the tiger in your head, right? And that wonderful moment when he's there at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And he's ready. Why is that? Because he trained. Because he was disciplined. Because... He was ready to fight the good fight. And that's what we must do. We must have the discipline and training of the fighter. Secondly, today we must run the race. That's the other metaphor that Paul uses in this description. And this great passage in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's the focus of the runner. Looking at that end. Thinking of that finish line. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He persevered, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who considered such opposition from sinners who endured it so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Today we must run the race. And what we're talking about here is the perseverance of the runner, the focus of the runner. And I know there's a lot of other pictures that I could put up there for this. But I found a few in my laptop still. <laughs> so the first one on the left. Let me talk about the second one on the right first of all. The second one on the right is after I finished the New York City Marathon. And this was in 2004. And uh, the, the, the girl on to my left is my daughter Amy. Amy and as you can see, I'm out of it, (laughs) and the race is over. But she's there. Thumbs up, Dad. Well done. Live with the end in mind. The other one is from the Kiowa Island uh, Marathon in 2010. And if it looks like I'm tethered to another guy, it's true, I am. He's my friend, Mike Larson, who was a, a great runner in high school and college at Appalachian State University. But he has a degenerative eye disease. And after a while, he could no longer run. And he had this dream to compete and to compete ultimately in a marathon. And so he and I started running together. And I thought, how are we going to do this? So we you know, went to the handy-dandy uh, hardware store and bought an 18-inch uh, tether. And we, we just tethered each other at the wrists. And so we ran together. We started small distances, and then we increased, and we increased, and we increased, and we ran the Kiowa Island Marathon together. And if it looks like he's pulling me, He is. He is. He was a great runner. Could run far faster than I could, but I was his eyes, and he was my coach. And so there were times when he was in the lead, and I would say, Left turn coming up. Today, we must run the race. And that means we persevere, we focus today we must keep the faith this is what paul said i have fought the good fight i finished the race i have kept the faith he speaks of this in the very next verses that come after this great passage in second timothy 4 as he pleads with timothy his young protege his son in the gospel to come quickly there's that urgency because it's the end of his life in verse 9 And then verse 10, he continues on and he says all these things. But let's go back to chapter 3. He warns Timothy, Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. It's based on these ancient words that we sang about earlier. Verse 16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What makes us ready? What makes us equipped? What enables us to keep the faith? It is this right here. And so in chapter 4 he says in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom. Live with the end in mind. What does that mean for me today Paul? I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Why is that important Paul? Verse 3. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Healthy teaching. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear rather than the truth. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Paul warns, but you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry, and then, He says the great words that we started this sermon with. Doing that, he was ready. Doing that, Timothy would be ready. Living with the end in mind, we will be ready. As John, our shepherd, prayed and led us in prayer earlier, he spoke about that evil and the chaos that's in the world. Let me tell you, my friends, this is the only answer. If you're looking for answer from somebody else, anybody else, anywhere else, it's not going to come. It won't be enough. And those things are going to come and go. Sometimes they're going to be better than at other times. But at all times, they are not enough. They're not enough. This is. Jesus is. Live With the end in mind. What does it mean to keep the faith? It refers to the faithfulness of the disciple. And that's obedience. And again that goes back to scripture. That goes back to the Bible. There's a growing number of Americans. Who call themselves spiritual but not religious. Which means I can believe anything I want. And I can be just as spiritual as I want. But I don't have to be tied down by these pesky little instructions on how to live. You ask them their church affiliation or religion and they'll say none. More so than ever before. And I think that's because it's okay to do that now. Didn't always. But it is now. Some will say, I don't go to church anywhere, but I'm a believer and I know where I'm going when I die. Please, show me that in the word of God. I would love to see it. Were it not for the blood of Christ, none of us would get there. That's true. But with the blood of Christ, we can if we demonstrate that love with the obedience that follows it. Not perfect, but faithful. Jesus, I like. The Bible, not so much. The church, even less, they say. And again, I ask, where where is that in the Word of God? I'm going to read a quote from Stanley Hauerwas that uses the word liberal. And the term is a a dynamite term, like TNT, blow up everything else term. But keep in mind that this was something Stanley Hauerwas said 30 years ago in 1993. But I still love the quote. He says this, liberals are always for the inclusion of every possible point of view, except those points of view that do not include every possible point of view. This doesn't include every possible point of view and say it's okay. It just doesn't. Not everybody believes that. And some would say that, that's exclusive to say that. And yet I remember the words of my Lord Jesus Christ in that great passage when he talks about I'm going to prepare a place for you saying this. I am what? The way, the truth, the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was exclusive before it was even uncool. (laughs) Except it was uncool then and it got him killed. These people who say these types of things are not living with the end in mind. They are only living with today in mind. This moment in mind. We are called to live differently. So to receive the crown at the end, we must long for his appearing as we live. That's what that passage in 2 Timothy 4 said. Paul said, because I've lived this way, because I have fought the good fight, because I have finished the race, because I have kept the faith, there's a crown waiting for me. But it's not just waiting for me only. It's waiting for all of those who have longed for his appearing. Are you longing for that appearing? So much so that it affects how you live today. Because that's why it's there. The three things that Paul mentioned are still the key for us in our lives today. The discipline of the fighter the perseverance of the runner, the faithfulness of the disciple. And as Danny led us back to the cross, back to that room where Jesus said, my body has been given for you. My blood has been shed for you. And that's why we celebrate that great event every single Sunday. Each day our lives must demonstrate that longing, not perfectly, but faithfully. For the Christian, the end is just the beginning. And so we must live with the end in mind. We must live every day in the glory land way. Are you in the glory land way today? You're about to sing and say you are. But if you're not, get in the glory land way. And if we can help you do that, come as we stand and sing this great hymn together. I'm in the way of the right and way. I'm in the
1: glory of God.
6: gracious and heavenly father we come to you at the end of this service thanking you for your word your son and the avenue of prayer that you've given us we're thankful for Bill and the message he's brought and help us to live each day looking towards the end for we know when we go outside this sanctuary that we're not of that world you came to this world to take us from it when you come. We're thankful for this country that we live in, those that defend it, and the right that we have to worship in freedom and in truth. We ask that you guide this country, the leaders of this country, to come back to the word of God, which will always lead you down the path of righteousness. It will never lead you astray. We're thankful for the leaders in this church that help guide us and direct us through your word. We ask that you pray that we pray for those that are on the prayer and care list, those that can't attend, those that are online, and those that have needs that we know not. For we know that the Holy Spirit speaks to you for the words that we cannot utter. We're thankful for the time that we have here together to worship, and we're just thankful as we go out into the week that you will give us strength to preach the word as you've commanded us. Go out into the world and preach to whoever, whosoever will. We're thankful for all things in Christ's name, amen.